At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. With me in the studio is Ron Hicks. And Ron, we're going to talk about a really important Supreme Court ruling okay. that just came down. Mm-hmm. It's called Bostick versus Clayton County. All right. It's where the U.S. Supreme Court expanded the definition of sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Okay. And uh, it's a tough topic. Sure, yeah. There's a lot here, mm-hmm. a lot to unpack. But we and, live in a world today where... where uh, Words, they're not nailed down. Words are fluid that, yeah. um, you know, just as we as we live, as we, you know, the, uh, it doesn't mean this anymore. It doesn't mean that anymore. And so the idea of of male, female, all those things are are, are fluid. The scriptures tell us that God created man. Yeah. Uh, that word, the translation of the, the first time that word appears is mankind. So God created mankind, male and female created he, they. Yeah. So in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, God distinguishes between the two sexes, male and female created he, they. Yeah. There wasn't five, there wasn't 10, there wasn't a whatever, you, you know, the they's and, you know, it was male and female. Yeah. And, well, I, you know, and it's interesting that you bring that up early on. And of course, mm-hmm. you're a pastor. Yeah. I'm a, a director of a public policy mm-hmm. group. And we mm-hmm. talk at the really the intersection of politics and public policy mm-hmm. where it meets scripture. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who might be joining in this conversation or listening in, I should say, and wondering, man, what does scripture have to say to a Supreme Court ruling or mm-hmm. what? What does that have to say when it comes to the issue of gender or sex? Well, some people actually but, say, what difference does Scripture make? Why, why, why should you allow Scripture to be able to shape anything? Yeah. Um, so there's all kind of questions that are well, out there. Because isn't that just your view? Isn't that just your perspective? Yeah. Isn't that just your mm-hmm. opinion? And you can't force that on me. And um, well, uh, yeah. I, I think, and in, in, in so that so that's something that we deal with sure. in in this conversation, mm-hmm. but also. Scripture could not be more relevant oh, to this Supreme Court ruling than 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 uh, I can't think of very many other right, examples right. because in in the U.S. Supreme Court's sophistication and mm-hmm. all of the wisdom and knowledge that the justices have, if you were to read the opinion, you see that there are some really good arguments mm-hmm, made, mm-hmm. big ten dollar words sure. that are used, mm-hmm. a lot of logic that's thrown in there. But in the end, Ron, what the court did mm-hmm. is essentially they expanded this definition. And this, again, it was the, the ruling of Bostick versus Clayton County, Georgia, where essentially a county worker was fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, The county worker contends it was because he came out as homosexual. Okay. I think there's there's other elements to the story. Mm-hmm. But he, he claimed that he was fired because of his LGBT Only status. Only because of that, right. Only yeah. because he was uh, identified as homosexual, right. He sued the county government in Georgia mm-hmm. based on a 1964 law, the Civil Rights Act, which protected race, ethnicity, Mm-hmm. Gen- uh, mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Now, now the, gender, you, you, you caught yourself because yeah, it doesn't cause use it the didn't. word gender. It, it didn't. This right. is a new distinction mm-hmm. in, the, mm-hmm. you know, in the last few years. Right. Mm-hmm. Gender identity has been become a new thing. Right. But what he did, what this, what this uh, employee did, is he sued under this old law 60 mm-hmm. years ago, Ron, mm-hmm. 
where they understood that sex had a defined, specific meaning, mm-hmm. where back then, nobody ex- ever mm-hmm. thought that mm-hmm. that would be homosexuality right, right, right. or transgender mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. but it was, a f- it was male or female. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to protect, to treat men and women on the same plane when it came to employment sure. practices. Sure, sure, sure. So, so this was a new application of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, mm-hmm. Uh, and this uh, employee for the county government in Georgia won. won he prevailed. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion. It was a, a surprising six to three ruling. Uh, and this is this is what the what he what he said: when an employer fires an employee for being homosexual or transgender, it necessarily intentionally discriminates against that individual in part because of sex. So he essentially expanded the definition. He was saying, well, if somebody identifies as homosexual, Mm -hmm. that's part of their sex. Or if somebody fires somebody because of their transgender identity, it has to do with sex. And therefore, the 1964 Civil Rights Act applies to both of those situations. Hmm. Now, that Hmm. has never been the understanding Hmm. of sex, Hmm. nor has it been the, uh, you know, the understanding at the state level for that matter. That's why these different sexual orientation, gender identity laws have been pushed at the local and at the state level Mm -hmm. and SOGI laws as they're, as they're referred to. And you were helping me understand. I actually wrote that down. SOGI is sexual orientation, Mm -hmm. gender, gender identity, S O J I. Yeah. Right. SOGI. Yeah. So G I G I. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Can't spell. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, no, you can't read your own handwriting. I I should have been a doctor. (laughs) Well, but, but those, those have been pushed for years and years. Mm -hmm. 20 states Mm -hmm. have SOGI laws at the state level, mm-hmm. and they essentially protect homosexuality and transgenderism in areas of housing, employment, and in public accommodations. Mm-hmm. It says that you cannot discriminate against somebody based on their sexual orientation or gender right. identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the court did in this ruling, there's a lot of things that they did, and we're going to unpack it as we go on, but one of the things that they did was they short-circuited the democratic process. These laws at the state level, they had to go through legislatures. Right, right. Laws at the at the local level, Ron, they had to go through city government, city council, or county governments. And it, when it goes through the legislative process, there's debate, there's mm-hmm, dialogue, mm-hmm. there's some give and take. There's there are compromises that are made. Right, there are right. protections sure. that are made. If, for example, you're a pastor of a church, mm-hmm. well, with the Supreme Court ruling, I don't know if there's a carve out provision that affects churches as if there is, cause I'm still reading through the, right. the, mm-hmm. the opinion piece. I've read some of it, but, uh, in going through the legislative process, there are carve outs, there are exceptions, mm-hmm. there are protections mm-hmm. that are specifically designed for any objections that are brought up right. when you have a Supreme court ruling or any other court ruling, they do not have the debate is eliminated. The, really, the only thing that you have is is uh, the the justices write their opinions. But once it's once it, they're written, they're written. It's not open for debate anymore. They've decided, uh, and we've got we've got the uh, the separation of powers for the exact reason so that so that uh, the judiciary doesn't 
uh, create laws that, that arbitrarily people can't just, okay, this is now a law. It's the debate process. It goes from the House and, and the different branches, and then the president has yeah. to sign. And all of that is built in to make sure that this very thing doesn't happen. That's absolutely right. And that's why we have three branches of government. Mm-hmm. You have the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. And mm-hmm. the legislative branch is the proper branch to hash out new policy, right, new right. laws. The judicial branch has always been the branch where there is a, uh, a question of the application right. of the law. Mm-hmm. How does the law is has the law been rightfully applied? Uh, and but what we've seen uh, for the for the last half century or so is judicial activism, where the judicial branch is actually making new policy mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. They're making new laws. They're superseding the legislative yeah. branch, and uh, that's unfortunate because yeah. it takes away your voice. And my voice yeah. and the voice of every one of the listeners out there, uh, they no longer have the input through their opinion or through voting. It takes away the voice of legislators well, as well. Well, that's the big thing, the vote. The Supreme Court of the United States of America is a lifetime appointment. So whoever the uh, president of the United States uh, suggests somebody, uh, they're affirmed, and they serve for the rest of their life. So the idea of if you don't like what a Supreme Court justice is doing, you just vote him out of office, that's yeah. that's not a that's right. That's not a, anything that's on the table. Right. So, yeah, it, it, it circumvents the process four or five different ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Ron, we're going to come back and talk about the relevance of Scripture to mm. a, a major yeah. landmark Supreme Court ruling okay. and all of its sophistication and all of the wisdom of the Supreme Court justice. We're going to talk about that intersection okay. of God's Word and a major court opinion. That's a great way to look at it, sure. So, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. I've had a lot of people ask me about the candidates running for office. Yes, there is an election coming up on June 23rd. And yes, absentee voting is open right now. But do you know who's on the ballot and where they stand on the issues? If not, check out the Commonwealth Policy Center's candidate survey. Go to commonwealthpolicycenter.org backslash voter dash guides. Find out about the candidates before you vote. That's commonwealthpolicycenter.org backslash voter dash guides. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, here with Ron Hicks, and we are unpacking this major Supreme Court ruling, Bostock versus Clayton County. It's a ruling that essentially expanded the definition of sex to include homosexuality and uh, transgender identity. And this has been a hot topic for really several decades where the LGBT community has been advocating for rights uh, which really haven't been recognized in law. The LGBT lifestyle has been viewed as not an identity for 30, 40 years ago. It was more of a behavior. Mm-hmm. It was considered mm-hmm. a choice, and it was uh, not protected in law. But in the last uh, couple of years, let's say 25 years, you could probably go back to this to the 70s, really, sure. and, and see where changes in attitudes and changes in the law have taken place to uh, move it from a behavior, understanding LGBT as a behavior, to an identity, uh, an inborn trait, something that they really had no choice over, mm-hmm. and therefore uh, gaining uh, special status in the law. Ron, I want to temper our conversation with this, and this is important. Um, you and I come to this discussion as Christians. Yeah. From God's Word, he biblical speaks worldview. the, the mm-hmm. biblical worldview, mm-hmm. and he speaks to this issue. Right. 
of moral boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I want to temper what we're saying with this because there there has been a lot of harm towards the LGBT community. Sure. There has been um, animus towards them. There has been anger towards them. There has been people really struggling with their identity. Sure, sure. Uh, and I would say that as Christians, we don't have animus towards it. We're not angry. Um, and I would say that if you see somebody in the LGBT community belittled, harassed, bullied, mm-hmm. that as a Christian, you would have a duty to step up, step yeah. in and say, that is inappropriate. Because Absolutely. that is a person made in the image of God yeah. mm-hmm. who... Uh, that is uncalled for behavior when you see that kind of thing. Uh, and I think one reason why they've gained such favor in the eyes of the law, whether it's through a judge or through the Supreme Court or the legislatures, is because of that. There are real stories of hurt and sure. pain and bullying. Yeah. And and the response is, well, we need to rectify this. Mm-hmm. But Ron, mm-hmm. with that said, uh, we do believe that homosexuality and transgenderism is a choice. We do believe that God gives us moral boundaries by which to navigate life, mm-hmm. and we've got a choice. You've got well, a choice in how you navigate. I've got absolutely. a choice in how I navigate, absolutely. and so do the people in the listening audience. Just for the sake of, of um, um, not argument, but but uh, we, we, let's say for just a second we set aside the, the choice issue, and let, let's for f- people who say, uh, I'm born that way, I, I can't help it. For just a minute, um, the Bible tells us that we're all born in sin. When I was born uh, as a little bitty infant, I, uh, through uh, temper tantrums, it's hard for me to say, held my breath to the point where I would indu- uh, 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 seizures would be induced and all the rest of that. At a very young, I could not articulate it. It wasn't anything that was taught to me. I was born with this tendency of, of being uh, angry. Yeah. And, uh, not, and then later on, I would throw things and I would bite children and all the rest of that. That wasn't celebrated. It wasn't, well, you were born that way, therefore you get to act on that. So, yeah. so we were all born in sin. So whether it's a choice, we you know, and we don't want to, you and I believe it's a choice, but so that we don't get hung up on that one issue, yeah. whether it's a choice, whether you were born that way, if you were born that way, we're all born in sin, we all have a sin nature, that right. does not give us free license to be able to act on that sin. Yeah. If we choose to sin, or whether or whether we were created with a bad temper, or uh, same-sex attraction, that does not give us a license to. So, and the only reason I point that out is because sometimes people never get beyond that point of yeah. the conversation. Yeah. They stay with the argument of, well, I was born that way. Well, you have a free choice. And so you never get past an inch deep in the conversation. So I, I no, want to just a, kind of bring a, that out. That's a, that's, a, that's a good point. That's, a, that's uh, important for us to, um, to consider. I think, uh, you know, so if we're going to talk about sexual behavior. Sure, sure. You know, this is one of, let's unpack this a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. This is one of the ways that we, uh, in the most intimate ways, express ourselves. Absolutely. Now, from a biblical worldview, Ron, mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. made sex, and it's a good thing. Uh, and we shouldn't God. be afraid to talk yeah, about it, right? Absolutely. Thank goodness. But he, yeah. but he made it yes. within the confines of marriage. A covenant I mean, relationship, absolutely. Between a man mm-hmm. and a woman. Yes. And this isn't your opinion, no. or it's mm-hmm. not my idea, no. but this is what our creator said mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you've got your, your well, Bible Yeah, I've got my Bible. And, and Paul, in Ephesians chapter 5, starting verse 21, he says, um, we, should, uh, we should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then later on, he talks about wives submitting to husbands. He talks about husbands loving wives. But, but he, uh, Paul quotes Genesis where he says, you know, therefore shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to him a wife, and they will become one flesh. Paul says, this is a great mystery. 
but I'm talking about the relationship between Christ and the church. So literally the very first institution that God created, the institution of marriage, he said, I'm going to create this institution so that through that intimate covenant relationship, a man and a woman can reflect the relationship between Christ and the church. So when I do premarital counseling, I'll ask a young man, why are you marrying this woman? Not very seldom, if almost never, do people say, well, because I believe I could best reflect the relationship between Christ and the church. (laughs) They all say, well, look at her. She's pretty. Or look Mm -hmm. at him. He's he's handsome. But the reality is God says, I'm going to create this institution to give us one more opportunity to, to model the relationship between Christ and the church. So how can we then take that? an institution that God has created for a very specific reason and say, oh, we're going to change the meaning, we're going to change the illustration. Right. We, we can't do that. Right. We can't right. do that, regardless this, of what we think. This is, and, and uh, we think we can do a lot, yeah. quite frankly, right? <laughs> yeah. we, we, we live in a post-truth mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, culture where we can redefine mm-hmm. words like the mm-hmm. U.S. Supreme Court did. Yeah. And we can really uh, redefine our own, the meaning in life. Where this has been given, because we're created beings, because we're created within a moral framework, uh, we don't get to define Mm -mm. what right and wrong is. We don't get to define what our gender is. Right. Uh, we don't get to define the the meaning of life, right. even though, by the way, so that that rings a bell with me. Mm-hmm. In a uh, a previous Supreme Court ruling, I believe it was Planned Parenthood v. Casey, Justice Kennedy uh, talked about the definition of liberty, and he uh, he essentially said that liberty means the def- the, the the right to define one's own meaning in life. Hmm. Uh, which is interesting. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have something called the pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. here, but do we really get to define meaning? Do we get to define mm-hmm. purpose? We have, no. we have choices within a framework, mm-hmm. but uh, I think when you take that to its extreme, you end up to where we are now, where you can redefine yeah. your, even your very gender. In, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote that the whole purpose of man, mankind, is to fear God, have a reverence for God, and obey his commands. That's our whole purpose. We can't come along and say, God got it wrong. This is what our real purpose is. Right. And Ron, it, we're, we're going to take a quick break, but oh, man, aren't right, you man. imposing your idea of reality? Aren't you imposing your religion on the rest? Now hold that thought, because I want to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not right. fair to do to you, is it? So we're going to take a quick break, and and we'll be back in just a minute. Okay. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. Sign up for our e-newsletter at commonwealthpolicycenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at CPC for Kentucky. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, here with Ron Hicks. And we are talking about the recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling, mm-hmm. Bostock versus Clayton County. Okay. And we're talking about that intersection of religion and politics mm-hmm. and public policy. And Ron, just before the break, you I was asking up. you, yeah, I shut you <laughs> out, but I asked, aren't you, so we come at this discussion from a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. We believe there's a creator who makes us male and female, a creator who defines marriage, mm-hmm. a creator who gives us a moral framework right. by which to live life mm-hmm. and to, and to uh, and, and to seek um, flourishing and to live and breathe and have our being. Yeah. I read that but, somewhere. So here's what I did. Here's where I interrupted okay. you right before mm-hmm. the break. Mm-hmm. Aren't you simply imposing your values on the rest of society? Great question. I tell you what, instead of me imposing my values on you, you go ahead and impose your values on me. I mean, that's what the Supreme Court says. The Supreme Court says six people said, instead of you three imposing your values, 
us six will impose ours. Yeah. Every single law yeah. is somebody's morality. Yeah. Is, is to be able to say you can come this far and no further. Yeah. Um, you know, every civilization says murder is wrong, uh, but every civilization has the they, they define what murder is. Um, some countries say it's okay if somebody becomes a Christian to be able to say to a, a young woman's brothers, "Go kill your sister because she's dishonored the family." Yeah. That's a justified murder. Now, if they just kill her because they don't like the way she's dressing, that's not justified. So every culture says murder is wrong, but then every culture defines murder. Um, the fact of the matter is we live with Scripture that defines what marriage is. We, we don't have the right to, to redefine that. We, we have a Scripture that defines male and female. Um, and, and anything other than that is identified as there's a, a defect because sin has entered into the world. It's not – I mean – I, I have a hot temper because sin has entered the world. I have to learn to control my temper because the scriptures say, bring your body under submission. Um, you know, I, I love eating. I love overeating. That doesn't give me the right because I love ice cream to weigh six or 700 pounds and impose all these, uh, the, these hardships on my family and all because I love ice cream. I have to control those desires. I, yeah. I don't do very good at it. <laughs> but, but you're a work in progress I like am. the rest of Listen, us. Listen, I am. But Absolutely. you're acknowledging something that's important, an important word that we've lost an understanding in our common vocabulary. What, responsibility? Well, that's <laughs> what, one of them. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I wasn't thinking of that one. I was thinking of sin. Yes. You know, and sin is a transgression of yes. God's law. Yeah. And whether it's overeating, mm -hmm. whether it's racism, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's embracing sexual behavior mm -hmm. that goes outside of God's right. moral boundaries. Right. And here we have in this U.S. Supreme Court ruling an expansion of sex, which was always meant to be male or female, an expansion to include really a sexual behavior. Sex, which is gender identity or homosexuality. Mm. So instead and, of gender, instead of sex meaning gender, either you're male or female, now sex is used to identify the behavior that goes along with whatever gender you identify. So there's no, there's no solid term in this whole thing. Yeah. That uh, sexual orientation is fluid, gender is fluid, everything's fluid. Why even, why even have a, a law <laughs> when, yeah. when every so often you get to say, okay, none of these words mean the same anymore. Yeah, that's uh, uh, well. Know. There's there's a I'm couple of couple of thoughts. No, I I think that we live in a post truth context. That was the word of the year a couple of years yeah, ago. Post truth. Mm -hmm. So post truth means you define reality, and this is essentially uh, based on your emotional feelings. Your strongly held mm. emotions can trump objective reality. Wow, that's post truth. The other thing too, I think what we're seeing is that. Uh, the LGBT community is seeking the same status as the heterosexual community, mm, where that's okay. a right to define or to practice your own sexuality. Okay. And they're seeking to have the same footing in the law. And we okay. found there's six Supreme Court justices that agreed Agree with that. With them, huh? And mm. uh, But coming at it from an objective view, first of all, that was a really, a, I think, a, they did a violation to the Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, mm -hmm. sex has never, ever, ever been meant to be extended to homosexuality or transgender identity. Okay. So there's there's a violence to the clear language there, but it's a violence just to objective truth that sex is not sexual behavior. Sex is it's it is a biological 
and really reality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. male or female. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a male biology, there's female. But then there's a difference, Ron, in how we practice sexuality. Right. And there's all kinds of different ways mm-hmm. that we can do that. Sure. You know, there was a law, by the way, in the legislature passed, I think it was two years ago, that banned bestiality mm-hmm. in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I thought that Good. that had always been a <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, it was, by the way, it was for the. It was on behalf of not necessarily protecting humans. Mm-hmm. It was on behalf of protecting animal welfare. Both, I think, are worthy of protection. Yeah, and that's I troubling was, that we I, have to have a law that, that identifies that. But but that's the society we live in. You know, it is. When I first moved to Hopkinsville, I shared this with you before. The there used to be a large box store yeah. that was in a different location. Now it's called a super center, and it's on the outside of town. I'll, yeah. I'll let you fill in the blanks there. Yeah. But but there was a handwritten sign in the sporting goods department at the at the old location. This handwritten sign says, "Please do not discharge guns in store." The reason that sign was in there is because some hillbilly, and I, I identify myself as a hillbilly, I don't mean that. So some hillbilly said, hand me that shotgun and give me a box of them shells. Hey, Earl, run down the house and wear, throw a plate up in the air. You know, you realize that actually happened. Hairdryer says do not use in shower because some knucklehead used a hairdryer in the shower. The the reason we, you know what I'm saying? So I never mind. I I, I digress. So some so, things. What I'm hearing yeah. from you is that some things just need to be they spelled out. They have to be spelled out, regardless of how rational or reasonable you think it is. Sometimes people need to be able to understand. No, you can't do that, Ron. You know, I know that we're having a very frank discussion yeah. on things that might make people feel uncomfortable. You yeah. know, human sexuality mm-hmm. and. Um, some of these other things related to it, but it's important that we have this conversation. We gotta be able to talk about stuff. You have to be able to sit down and say, let's just be reasonable adults and let's talk about this. Um, and let me hear what you have to say, and I want you to hear what I have to say. But I'm thinking, I'm looking at you as a pastor, your okay. brother and a mm-hmm. friend, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking in the church, mm-hmm. is there a fear for pastors to talk about oh, these yeah. things? Oh, absolutely. When I say fear, um, uh, I, I mean, I have been told before, and I love every one of my church members truly, but I've been told by church members before, uh, Brother Ron, uh, d- politics does not, I mean, talking mm. about political issues, the church isn't the place yeah. for it. And my response is, I believe our nation is in the condition it's in because we don't talk about these things anymore. If we do not allow our religion, uh, our, our, our moral uh, boundaries to be able to influence our political decisions, right. I believe we're... And so the same applies here. If we don't allow scriptures to be able to help us to understand uh, what sexuality is, what what covenant relationships is, what God permits and what he doesn't permit, if we don't have those frank and open discussions, we're missing it. We are missing it. And the church really has been absent. If I Mm -hmm. can make a broad generalization from the public arena, Mm -hmm. from these conversations, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to moral boundaries that are for our own good, moral Mm -hmm. boundaries that lead to human flourishing. And we've been absent, quite frankly, from positions of influence and authority, yeah. like the U.S. Supreme Court, sure. like the legislative branches at the state level, like uh, even down know, to our local governments. You know, the idea of somebody serving in the church and also in politics, that's just an anomaly. You know, the, so round to your point, you know, the the there are values that undergird everybody's uh, all laws sure. and all legal opinions. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of whose values will Who's prevail. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would say that uh, culture has flourished. Culture has done well. Mm-hmm. Freedom has been expanded. When there has been a Christian 
ethos right. and that culture, a Christian mm-hmm. consensus. Right. And we've not done it perfectly. Mm-mm. We've had our warts and blemishes. We've oh, made absolutely. our mistakes. But by and large, Western civilization is a story of embracing a Christian ethos, biblical principles, integrating them into culture, into spheres of influence, and uh, and, and, and allowing that to infiltrate at a deep level. And that is the difference between the West and much of the world run on, on that work. Oh, I, I wish we had more time no, to talk, but we are out of time. Good yeah. discussion. Yeah, as we'll always. Need pick, we'll need to pick yeah. it up again. Thank you, listeners. I uh, appreciate y'all being there and praying for us, and, and uh, God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Take care.